How dare this upstart presume to love my daughter? He raged. Guards, bring the rogue to me, and I shall deal with him in the way he deserves. Feng was dragged out of his home to the royal court, and Prince Su did not view him with favor. Yarnsters, welcome back to Yarn Story Factory. This is Teacher Nina, and today you're in for a treat because I'm retelling the story of the Turtle Prince. It was one of the very first stories ever told on Yarn Story Factory, but this time we made it even better. So tuck yourself in and get ready for the Turtle Prince. Are you ready? Let's go! The Turtle Prince It seemed that Feng would never become a rich man, for as fast as he earned his money, he gave it all away again to the poor. But he believed that goodness brought its own reward, and you shall see that this was so. Most of the people who borrowed money from Feng had very bad memories and quite often forgot to pay it back. The poorest of them all, a humble fisherman, was anxious to do so, however, but he never caught enough fish. Nevertheless, whenever the fisherman landed a really fine turtle, he would send it to Feng in part payment of his debt. But Feng was too kind to make the turtles into soup or eat them, and after thanking the fisherman, he would set the creatures free. One day, the fisherman gave Feng a particularly fine turtle with a large white spot on its head. The turtle looked at him so mournfully that he did not have the heart to put it in the cooking pot, though he was hungry and short of money for food. Feng could not help sighing with regret, though, as he allowed the turtle to waddle back to its sandy beach. In order to forget his hunger, he decided on a brisk walk and following a narrow path made towards the hilltop. Ahead of him, Feng saw a party of men approaching led by a rather stout gentleman who walked with an odd sideways shuffle. It may have been his sad drooping mustache that gave the gentleman a rather cross expression, but he certainly did not seem to be in very good mood. Seeing that Feng blocked the path, the gentleman snapped impatiently. Out of my way at once, man, or it will be the worst for you! Feng did not care to be addressed so curtly and stood his ground. The gentleman stamped angrily and turned to his servants. Beat this man for his impotence, he ordered, and the servants at once set upon Feng, who prepared to put up a good fight. You will remember the name of Feng when this fight is over, even if I am outnumbered four to one, he promised them stoutly. No sooner did the gentleman hear Feng's name than he clapped his hands and called the servants back. His anger vanished, and the droopy mustache almost curled into a warmth of a sudden smile. 
Why, my dear fellow, this is indeed a pleasure. If I had only known who you were before, he exclaimed. Feng was astonished at the speedy change mood and hardly knew what to say. In any case, the gentleman gave him no chance to speak. Pray forgive this unhappy occurrence, Mr. Feng. To tell you the truth, I was feeling somewhat out of sorts today, having been offered a plate of turtle soup at a banquet in the western hills. That stuff always upsets me, and I cannot abide the mentions of it, he shuddered and went on. I am, however, thoroughly ashamed and trust that you will overlook this incident and do me the honor of being my guest. No! You shall not refuse. The gentleman silenced Fang's protest with a wave of his hand. I am under the greatest obligation to you, my dear sir. If only I had known your name earlier. He went on talking in this way until Fang found himself ushered through the gates of a mansion. Inside, the rooms were lavishly furnished and Feng knew that his host could be no ordinary man to live in such a palace. And he was right, for the gentleman said, <clears throat> Let me now introduce myself. I am the eighth prince of the River Tao. Let me have a meal brought in, for I know that you are hungry. Before Feng had time to thank him, a delicious feast appeared on the table of its own accord, and needing no further encouragement, he sat down and made the most of it. Feeling better as a result, he rose and expressed his gratitude to the Prince of the River Tao. Not at all, I owe it to you and much more, said the Prince to the puzzled Feng. Before you take your leave, accept with my compliments a small souvenir of the occasion. To Feng's discomfort, the prince leaned forward and gave him a hard pinch on the arm. Don't attempt to thank me, he said, as Fang opened his mouth to yell. It's all your due, my boy, all your due. Fang did not stay to argue, but took himself away from the mansion hastily, and when the gates had closed behind him, he chanced to turn. The whole building had vanished and in its place stood a huge turtle with a white spot on its head. As he watched, it ambled clumsily away towards the river. To his further astonishment, Feng now noticed on his arm in the spot where the prince had pinched him the picture of a tiny turtle, perfect in every detail, down to a white mark on his head. And in the next moment, he made an even more thrilling discovery. Happening to glance at the ground, he could clearly perceive a glimmering pearl that lay way down under the surface of the earth. Fang realized that he had come by a magic power that enabled him to see treasure, no matter how deeply it was buried. Scrabbling with his hands like a dog in search of a bone, Fang dug in the earth until he had found the pearl and then returned home to seek more treasure with the aid of his remarkable gift. Sure enough, in the cellar, Fang saw what nobody else could see. Under the floor, a large sum of money was buried away 
and after an hour or so of hard digging, he was able to uncover it. Bang thought he would invest the money in property, and finding a ramshackle's old house for sale, bought it eagerly. For concealed from the eyes of all but himself was a mass of silver buried beneath the kitchen hearth. After this, Fang was always seeing treasure that had been hidden in most unlikely places. And although his back often ached dreadfully from all the digging, he managed to amass a great fortune in precious stones. His collection grew so large that it filled two rooms in the house and every drawer overflowed with quantities of precious gems and trinkets. On a fine morning when taking a stroll in the garden, Feng saw quite clearly that a beautiful gold and silver mirror lay in the earth about a mile down beneath one of his flower beds. Fetching a spade, he worked hard and at last reached the spot. Although the mirror had been buried for many years, the glass was so clear and bright that the image of a pretty girl would stay there, fresh as the day she first looked into it. The frame was so delicately wrought that Feng considered it his most treasured possession and would allow no one near. Now, there was much talk in that part of the world of a certain princess, Almond Blossom, who was reputed to be a lady of great beauty and worth. Feng longed to see her for himself, whether this were true, and hearing one day that she was to visit a spring in the nearby hills, he went there with his mirror and hid behind a rock. The procession arrived and the royal litter was set down near Feng's place of concealment. The curtains parted, and out stepped a girl who was more lovely than anyone could have imagined. As she knelt to drink of the health-giving water, Feng held out the mirror, and unknown to the princess, her image was reflected in it. To his delight, Feng found that the beautiful face could be seen in the mirror long after he had returned home. Then, when he looked into the eyes of the princess in the mirror, he fell deeply in love, and it seemed to Feng that somehow, those beautiful soft brown eyes looked back at him with the same fondness. Once he gazed so raptly into this mirror that Feng did not see one of the servants steal up behind and listen to the soft words of love he was speaking to the princess. The servant lost no time in telling his friends, and they told their friends, until everyone in the village and for miles around knew that Fang was in love with the third daughter of Prince Su, little Princess Almond Blossom. The story spread until it actually reached the ears of the eminent prince himself, who was furious. How dare this upstart presume to love my daughter, he raged. Guards! Bring the rogue to me, and I shall deal with him in the way he deserves. Feng was dragged out of his home to the royal court, and Prince Su did not view him with favor. The man, not high-born, his nose is too short and his hair too long. Take him away to the dungeons and chop off his head in the morning. Only then can I be sure he will not be able to think of the princess. Feng thought this was more than a little hard to bear. Your Highness, 
I've a good enough head on my shoulders, whatever you may think. Let me keep it there, and I shall make you rich beyond all desire, he promised. But the prince would not hear of it, and Feng was thrown into a cold prison, heavily fettered and in a most unhappy frame of mind. Princess Almond Blossom heard what had happened from behind a curtain in the throne room, and now she came into view weeping dolefully, for even as Feng had fallen in love with the princess's image in the mirror, his image was written on her heart, and she loved him at sight. Father, please spare Feng's life, she beseeched. It would be so much more pleasant for everyone if he were allowed to marry me, because I love him, you see. Never, said Prince Su sternly. Leave my presence, for I am most displeased. Very well, father. I shall go to my room, replied the princess. But... Not a bite of food will I eat until Feng is released. Now, the prince was not altogether so hard a man as he liked to pretend, and Almond Blossom had always been his favorite daughter. Thus, three days passed, and still he did not give the final order to make an end of Feng. And during that time, the little Almond Blossom ate nothing and slowly began to wilt. In the end, the prince gave in and set Feng free, so that he might marry the princess before she faded away entirely. Grateful Feng remembered that he had promised in return for his life to make Prince Su a present of great riches, and at home he began to make preparations. Dressing a thousand slaves splendidly, he sent them to the royal court each bearing a golden salver heaped with treasures. Prince Su was obliged to grip hard the sides of his throne to make sure he was not dreaming. As one by one, the slaves came forward and presented the magnificent gifts from Feng. After this, the prince somehow could not bring himself to feel so upset about the marriage. In fact, at the wedding, he managed to look like a proud and happy father and gave the couple a pavilion on the river for their home. The first piece of furniture that the newlyweds put into the pavilion was the wonderful mirror, which had always retained an image of almond blossom at her best. And this was the way Feng saw her long after she had grown old and gray. In the first week of their marriage, a visitor was announced. It was the prince of the river Chao. I have come to take back the charm which has brought all that you can ever wish, he said, and pinched Feng's arm again. As he did so, the picture of the turtle disappeared. Goodbye, friend, and may happiness dwell in your house, said the eighth prince of the river Tao. My debt is paid in full, and now I can go back forever to the place where I belong. Before Feng could ask what debt he spoke of, the prince had gone. And although he ran outside and searched all about, Feng could see no one. 
there was only a large turtle with a white spot on its head. Bang watched thoughtfully as the turtle, swaying from side to side, made for the river and was soon lost to sight. The End Well, there you have it, boys and girls. That was the story of the Turtle Prince. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I loved telling it to you. Thank you again for listening to Yarn Story Factory. Don't forget to visit my website at yarnstoryfactory.com. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think of how we're doing so far. Until next time, this is Teacher Nina speaking. Goodbye! <laughs>